Hey guys, welcome to the show. I'm in a good mood. That's why I'm just so energetic right now. Ah, welcome to this 118, episode 118 of Once for Dinner with a club owner, comedian, and all around great guy, Les McGurdy. Very, uh, McCurdy. I say McGurdy. Not with a G, it's with a C. McCurdy. Um, this week I'm working actually at Les's brand new club, uh, the McCurdy Comedy Theater and Humor Institute. Yes. It's where they do classes and also just bring laughter to the masses of Sarasota. Brand new club, um, and it's a gorgeous club. If you're in the Sarasota area, definitely check it out. I had a great week working with Les uh, at his club and with uh, Steve Netta, another comedian that week. Um, this On this episode, we talk about this, mainly me and Les talking about comedy, and Les is the uh, general host throughout the show. So um, talk a little bit about hosting and uh, comedy and all around things like that. And uh, for those of you listening who are in the Florida area, don't forget, I'm down here for another couple of weeks. Uh, this week, this Friday and Saturday, that would be um, August 8th and 9th. I'm going to be up the Laughing in Fort Myers, Florida. And then next week, 15th, 16th, and 17th, that weekend, I'm going to be middling with Dom Herrera at the Fort Lauderdale Improv at the uh, Hard Rock Live. So it's two great weekends, two fun, fun show times, I can guarantee you. Fun, fun show times? I mean, it's going to be fun times at the show. I said I'm excited. I didn't say that I'm very coherent. So anyway, guys, I'm going to go relax, and I want you guys to relax and listen to this episode, 118 of What's for Dinner with Les McCurdy. Bye-bye. What's for dinner? What's for dinner? What, what's for dinner? Talking, talking about what's ever on their minds. Talking, talking about what's ever on their minds. Yes. All right. Talking, talking is this good? Do yes. I sound good? You sound awesome. Do I? I'm gonna. I'm not. I'm gonna try to you know sound better than I normally do. Can I mean, you, like, can can you do a British accent for the whole thing? Quite right, I can. Good. <laughs> Certainly. Good. good. <laughs> you repeat after me. <laughs> the rain in Spain. The rain in Spain. The rain. The r- the r- the rain. <laughs> In Spain. In Spain. Falls mainly falls on the plains. mainly on the plains. Okay, try this. The host. The whores. <laughs> the Excuse me. <laughs> I, li- I like where you're going. You finish the sentence. The hostess. The host. The host. The host. That boasts. That boasts. The most. The most. Works all over the East Coast. Works all over the East Coast. Very good. <laughs> By George, I think you've got it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> How you doing, Les? I'm great. Do you do you have that like uh like in between show kind of energy right now? Yeah, I find because like right now we're like going. We just did the first show and it was great. I know. And now we're in that kind of pocket between the shows, and it's like you're trying to keep that energy up. Although I just ate, so it's kind of evening me. Even out a yeah. bit. I usually try to read a self help book to calm me down. Do you really? Yeah. Oh, really? It, yeah, I've got one right over here. I'll pull out a self-help book, and it'll almost put me to sleep. <laughs> well, that's not good for comedy. <laughs> I know. I know. Do you, so you don't like to keep the energy up between shows? Yes. Yes. Well, uh, 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 I, I, if you talk about really staying pumped up or something like that, no, yeah, not, yeah. not particularly. But it's, diff- but it's different for me hosting, I think. Why is that? Uh, um, I think as a host – I'm just natural. I, I, I mean, for me, when I come out, it's different for me to host than it would be for me to close a show. Uh, because as the host, I feel like I'm having a conversation with the audience. 
So I'm just so and it, and and I want it to be uh, even though it, it is going to have some energy to it. You know, you need to pump it up a little bit from here and there. But more than that, it's it's me having a conversation with the audience, getting them focused to the stage, mm -hmm. getting them to laugh a little bit, See, so that you know when you guys come up, they're focused. You know, they're they're re they're ready for the show. the show. So I don't really particularly feel like it's my job to go out and do a a a show a, a, like a standard performance uh is gotcha. getting them ready for you guys to do that that's you know what there um when i started out andrew dorfman oh yeah i know uh, andrew. Yeah, yeah andy great guy he uh he really kind of uh uh took me under his wing and he i remember him telling me he goes host there's an art to hosting yes. a lot of people don't know how to do it right a lot of people don't are so intimidated to do it. They're intimidated or they feel it's beneath them for some reason, mm -hmm. and they don't realize the host is the glue of the show. It's, to me, the most important part of the show. It's the through line of the show. Well, you know, and, and something that, that I, I mean, literally, when I, of all the comics, and we've got a wealth of good talent in, in the area, in the Tampa Bay area, and close, within a couple of hours. Mm -hmm. uh, like good feature, Yeah, like Steve Netta, who's here. Got good feature acts, guys that can close, got you know, guys that saw you know, a lot of lot of lot of men and women that when you're talking about handling twenty to forty minutes, you know, no problem. Very few of them will host. And and and, and it's not like they won't do it. If you ask them they'll go, I'll do it. And it but that's the way it is. It's yeah. like I'll do it. But they really are not comfortable in that situation and they'll say they're not yeah it's uh, it, it can see it can be intimidating to coast because you're going up in front of a cold crowd right and sometimes they're rowdy mm -hmm. but the again i think the it's like back in the um in the uh orpheum circuit days mm -hmm. when the comics you know had their vaudeville shows or whatever the host was the main guy it right. was like you know george burns and friends well you if know? you go to los angeles or new york uh, the the bigger cities and and you're going to show and they're all showcase clubs mm -hmm. that are gonna feature what you know eight ten twelve fifteen comedians in the evening. Who's the person that gets the most stage time? The host. The host. Oh yeah. The host is the most powerful person on stage. And and here's what sucks because uh, you know I live out in L. A. and I have seen very few. Marcella's trying to be very quiet. Oh, it's okay, Marcella. <laughs> <laughs> it's always okay when Marcella comes through. I think she farted. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he's, he's I, I, we, we know what you did. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't even take her there because crop dusted like a I'll have <laughs> just awful. Um, but there, <laughs> there are very few comics that really know how to host because comics when they host they just think okay this is my spot right and they go up and they don't you know they might go hey welcome to the show so anyway I was driving here and blah blah and it's like that's. To me, I, I see comedy kind of like or hosting like a, like a sport uh, like sex and it's foreplay. You don't. Yes, it is. You, it is the you, foreplay. You get them ready. You get them in the mood. You get them. You know. That's right. Turned on or whatever, and yeah. um and then what comes? You don't. You you really never get to screw the audience when you're the host. No, you get never. them ready. You get them ready for the next guy. You never. You're the did. fluffer. My daughter what? just came in. Yes. Oh, and what a cue! They're a fluffer. <laughs> oh, hi, Taylor. <laughs> No. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Great. 
I'm she's twenty. She's twenty. She's tw- Nobody's picturing a eight year old walking. Okay, yeah, either. we should you know, specify that. Okay, she right. is a she is a twenty. She is a young year old uh, flubber. Yes. Yeah, okay. um, no, I'm kidding. Sorry. <laughs> as long as she's got a job. <laughs> just, so, just, just have a job. Just have a job. I think every parent feels that way in this day and time. Your your daughter's gonna be a flubber. Is is it forty hours a week? Is it is it f- f- does it have benefits? <laughs> Is there? What, does she have dental? Well, yes, he yes. will be involved. <laughs> but um, <laughs> telling you, oh man, she's getting big, man. Well, yes, well she's she getting big. She's twenty. She's big. Yes, she's an adult. Yes, but um, I, I agree. I agree that that uh, yeah, that but like I said, hosting like is uh, something that you know. Uh, I know that as a as the club owner uh, and host, the one thing that I had to get used to. And that is that the audience, um, it's weird because the audience doesn't, in many cases, look at me as a comedian. Right. You know? Right. And, 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 it's, it's, and, and a lot do, but I, I still have a lot of people will, that after, you know, 25, 28 years he, here come up to me and go, you know what, man? You're as good as those other guys. You you really have you ever thought about doing it? Like really doing it? <laughs> you go, it nah, it, you know. You I know <laughs> it's that stigma. It's the stigma of being the host that yes. people think uh what's that what's that old line they go that a host says, you know, if I was any better I'd be next. Right. You know, it's like yeah. you perpetuate that stigma and people are gonna keep keep sure. you locked in that idea that the host is the worst of the show. Like they, they see it as like almost a hierarchy. It's the host and the feature, and then the headliner. I'll tell you what, though, it's. Uh, uh, I mean, in this case, it's true. Well, yes, it is. Um, but you know, the, the uh, uh, I've just been in that unique situation of being the host for so long, and there, there's only a, I, I think there's so few of us that that uh, that fit in there, you know, because you can't make any money as a host. So generally, unless right. you own the club, uh, you know, you can't make money. So you're trying to get out of that position. So there's not a lot of people that host for years and years and years and right. years. And I can tell you that once you to me, once you get comfortable with it, it's the most fun position of the evening because yeah. you have such latitude to to really go in a lot of different directions and you can you can fail. You can have a lot of you can you can bomb you can it's the show's not dependent on you right. you you can't you don't want to do anything that is going to make the audience go cold or flat you know because then you you you've, you've not done your job in that you want it you want the for the next act to come up for them to just be easy they right. just walk in and go the crowd's already there but. You can really take such great risk on stage yeah. when you're the host, especially once you've been the host at, at a club for a long time and the crowd knows you. Right, right. You or know. even like in your case, and this is what uh, this was leading to, it's just you are so damn good at it because you are very, uh, very conversational, uh, very, I guess, th- open, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. You know, you're just... You're you're presenting yourself as just a guy, yeah, who is very warm and endearing, and who happens to be funny and quick on his feet, um, and I think that uh, sometimes. Uh, do you find that sometimes uh, comics w- like that are having to follow you uh, 
to find it more difficult because you've gone in the crowd so much and endeared yourself? Or are they uh, – has anybody ever said to you, don't go into the crowd like no, that? No, never. Uh, and, and, and if you'll notice, at the, at the, when I finish, I purposefully say, hey, uh, you know, this is the end of this, applause, applause. I go, the chit-chat part's over. There'll be no more talking. Right. You listen. know, now it's easy for your people. Absolutely. Just kick back, listen, and laugh. That's what I always say. So it's it's like now so you're not part of the show anymore, and you don't have to worry about being part of the show. Right. Even though I do know that a lot of comics, like you're saying, you like to go to the oh, audience. Oh, I love to go to the crowd. And, yeah. um, but it's, it's easier when somebody, I find, when it's somebody before you has at least, A, opened them up to not being afraid to talk to the comic, right. but B, also put them in their place if they get a little too chatty. Right. Or, you know, like you take care of the birthday so people aren't yelling, it's Larry's birthday or whatever. Well, you know what I, what, what I love seeing is, uh, and, and mostly what I have gotten is that if from, from comics, and I, I always feel like if anybody's going to challenge me on it, it's going to be the celebrities. They're, right. they're who's going to challenge you on it and say, but I ne not any, not any. And, and they've all been like, I like, you know, I like the way you get the crowd ready. And, um, uh, and what I really love is when a headliner, I, when I know the headliner has listened to me up there and walks on stage and goes, I already got four callbacks oh, yeah, yeah. to throw in whenever I want to. I got six or seven names. And, and, you know, you already have a rapport with the crowd as the comedian going up after me mm -hmm. just from watching from you. watching me. Yeah. You you know the crowd. And uh, and, and that's what, and, uh, my greatest compliment as a comedian ever was um, was David Brenner and I did. We'd worked together many times and but we did a, a private a private show, a private it was an afternoon thing uh, um and uh, here in here in Sarasota, a couple hundred people, and I I had planned on going up and doing material. I'd not planned on in this type of thing. I'd planned on going up, doing 15 minutes. Was it in like a ballroom or something? Yes, it was ballroom, all lit up, you know mm -hmm. that kind of thing. You know, uh, appreciation luncheon for this corporate big corporate guy, and um, so I'd planned on that. Well, I got up there. The, everybody knows me because it's here in town. So I got up there, and as soon as I got up there, somebody out of the crowd said something to me, which I responded. They responded, and here we go. <laughs> and I never got to my act. You know, 15, 20 minutes of just banter. I don't know what the hell we talked about, but it was really funny, and we had a great time doing it. And I walked off stage, and while the other guy went up and was getting ready to bring David up, David walks over to me, and he goes, Les? You play an audience like the greatest violinist plays a Stradivarius. And I said, I'm going to quote you. I'm going to put that on everything I have. He that said, you great. can. Boy, I mean, that was, for me, I mean, all of us look for that acknowledgement from a great professional. Oh, especially somebody who was a generation ahead of us. Yes, absolutely. And for David, uh, that was, for me, David that was like. David to say that to your David, David. I miss David. David. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know the uh, the quote that uh, I, the biggest one in my bio, but it's from Carlin, who said I was, uh, he, I get off, I opened for him a couple times, and I get off stage one time, and 
puts his arm around me, goes, hey, you're funny, kid. Man, you're like an ostrich on PCP. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah anytime you get those kind of moments oh, with rose, those, yeah. with the ones that you watched as a kid growing oh, up. You who's know. who's your, the, your favorite comic that you grew up watching that you got to work with? Like, Well, what, Tommy Chong. Really? You know, to, to get to work with Tommy for Ken Sons and I, because mm-hmm. as kids growing up, you know, Cheech and Chong, they were the bomb in the 70s. You I say mean, bomb or bong? Well, of course. And, and I mean, there, there wasn't, I mean, you go Cheech and Chong, Richard Pryor, what, Steve Martin, Carlin. Mm-hmm. But really, you put not, but Cheech and Chong weren't stand-ups. They right. were movie stars. I mean, they were bona fide movie stars. And they were, count- they were, they were, they were, they were pushing the boundaries of propriety yeah. uh, uh, as much as th- probably the only other person that was doing that in that culture was prior, mm-hmm. you know, a- in his way. And uh, so th- they were our heroes in that sense. So to get to work with Tommy uh, the f- first time and then to work with him multiple times and get to know him was just awesome. Was it here that you worked with him at your club? Or yeah, was yeah, it on yeah, the road yeah. We, you know, no, we booked him here. Okay. And, uh, and then the other one for me that was really exciting was Alan King. Wow, because I loved Alan King Absolutely, as a kid, yeah. and uh, because he he had an edge about him, you know. Yeah, he was like it was it was like Catskill with an edge. Uh huh. Yeah, and uh, I, I, they hired me to open for him in Tampa, and which I thought, what a weird pair, <laughs> you know. Me and Alan King couldn't be more opposite. But uh, I walked backstage, and you know how it is with comics when you walk backstage in a big performance arts hall like that. It's not like a band. There's not 40 people backstage right. in Entrenage. There's two comics. No Entrenage. <laughs> and one, and, and the minimum union guys. Right. You know, that's what it is. And so I walk by, and I look in, and there's uh, uh, Alan sitting in his dressing room and, and with his back to me, and I just see him, and I just walk around the corner to my dressing room and sit down and, you know, kind of like, wow, there's Alan King's right over there. And I don't know, I'm getting ready to open for him. So I'm sitting over there going over my notes. Next thing I know, Alan King pokes his head in. He goes, hey, pal, you're my opening act, right? I go, yeah. He goes, come on over. It's just me and you. <laughs> no sense in being in separate rooms. Oh, that is so and cool. just laughed, and we went over and sat down. And just as comics are, you know, you know how it is, all comics Soft are. Yes, and, like and you just sat and did that. And he listened to my stories as much as I listened to his stories, and that was just a, a, a great moment, oh, you know, wow. for me. I mean, oh, that, that would for any comic, I think. Yeah, so uh, that yeah. was really th- – those two really stand out for me. Those are know. two good ones. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. I'm trying to think. There really aren't that many of the old – like, I'm trying to think Rickles. Like Rickles, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, when I, when I think back on that, you know, we had we – did a, we did a few concerts with the, that group of uh, comics even here. That were fundraisers. So, of all people, I got to work with Steve Allen, which wow. is like really like people go, who gets to work in our age group? Who gets to work with Steve Allen? Holy shit! And yes. I had to work with Steve Allen, and and you know just wait, what, that where was, was that was at a fundraiser? Right the fundraiser we produced him wow. in concert as a fundraiser for child protection here, and Jane Meadows was with him. Wow! And and they were Jane. so cool and so quirky. Are they you know, married? She, oh yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. And uh, they uh, and she wears gloves all the time because she's like Howie uh, Mandel. She won't, she won't touch. She's a bald Canadian man. Yes. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had, uh, uh, and then we had Phyllis Diller. Wow! Oh my God! And Phyllis was. Uh, we brought Phyllis in. 
we thought uh, uh, I had no idea how old she was. And you just, I talked to her on the phone and she still had such strength and energy in her voice. And then she shows up in the afternoon for the sound check. And I mean, in walks this doddering old woman. I mean, like almost on a walker, like old. And we're like, oh my God, how is, this is not going to be good. And she, uh, she got prepared for the show and she walks out of her dressing room and she's still just kind of shuffling just shuffling over I mean like you know and and sits down with the hair that she's got all the make she's ready you the thing the whole deal right as soon and I didn't know what was going to happen I, when I introduced her I expected to see this old woman shuffling out on the stage you know and you know <laughs> you know right. come out ladies and gentlemen Phyllis Diller she she stro strided out on that stage like she, I mean, she dropped she dropped twenty five years off her age in once as soon as you said her name, showtime. Yeah, and she walked out there and she did a thirty minute set and she killed. And uh, we had Richard Belzer on the same show after she. We were giving her a tribute, and then Richard Belzer was closing. And when I called her about it, we attribute her as a legend. And she goes, I'm not opening for Richard Belzer. And I go, no, ma'am, you are certainly not opening for Richard Belzer. You don't even have to do time. She goes, oh, I'm going to do time. <laughs> she goes, but I'm not opening. I just want everybody to understand I'm not opening for Richard Belzer. And I go, of course you're not opening for Richard Belzer. But this is, you know, the, the, we don't want you to have to do, you're not bringing you into the, she, all right, all right. But she, Belzer couldn't follow her. Oh, I mean, yeah. he, she was just uh, not that he wasn't good. He was good, but she but just, no, just follow. I mean, that's a le that's good, a legend. A legend. Yeah. Uh, then we had, uh, and then my partner Ken Sons and I, who do a comedy team show, this would never happen. We got to open for the Smothers Brothers. A comedy team got to open for a comedy team. Wow. Never happens. How did that? Like but it was a fundraiser, and we set it up, and da da da. Did they, they know that you guys were They were perfectly it? all right with it. We got wow. permission. They were like, and they were, they, were, they were the nicest guy. Dick lives here. He lives in Sarasota. Oh, really? I see Dick every once in a while. Uh, Tommy uh, was one of the nicest people I ever met. I mean, he's gregarious. They're very much like their stage personas. Mm -hmm. And um, I met them in Aspen years yeah, ago. Yeah, they're wonderful yeah. people. And uh, but uh, uh, um, and Ken and I did an imp. We were in we were in uh, uh, Van Wezel Performing Arts, which is about two thousand seats. It was packed, and we had wireless mics. We went into the audience. We only did one thing. We went into the audience and we did an improv thing, which is a fill in the blank. Which you go into a scene, they give you the scene, and you tag people. And when you tag them, they give you a word. And you incorporate that word into the conversation and you just keep going. We did our 20 minute set, only that. An improv you did a started. 20 minute improv set wow, started cold and it just destroyed. It just killed. And we came off stage, and that was another one where Tommy and Dick was like, that was, you go, we've never seen anything like that. That was something else. They go, now, how does that work? I go, I'm not telling you. <laughs> I go, it ain't that hard, but don't be doing We don't have that much, Tommy. <laughs> we, we only got a few things, buddy. <laughs> Stick to the guitar and the yo-yos. 
but uh, well, no, that, that that was that was a great thrill. I I don't know if I could have to do not only improv but twenty minutes of an improv bit mm-hmm. in a theater setting like that. It was it, it was pretty ballsy that That's we did very it. Ballsy. We know what it was stupid is what it was. It was like we were we, too young we, to we know were any yes we were we were we were we weren't that young but we were we were ballsy. We had done it. In we had done it in big corporate situations uh, where we we've done these big corporate retreat kind of things and where where we were working for you know any, you know hundreds you maybe three hundred five hundred and we had done it in those atmospheres and we knew we'd done it many times so we knew it would work we it would rarely didn't work uh, and, and uh, so now did you guys go into this saying okay we're gonna do the improv bit or did you like Maybe we'll do a couple of bit, and then right before the show, you'll be like, fuck it, let's do the improv. Yeah, well, we did. I mean, we got on stage, they introduced us, we walked out, and we basically explained the improv to them. And in, in the explanation of the improv, there's some, you know, there's some, there's some punches bits. in there, some bits, there's some funny stuff, you know, just in explaining it. But that's all you did, and then, boom, you're out there, Man. and the audience is sitting in a performing arts hall, and all of a sudden, the lights are up, and the comics are in the middle of them. You know, and they're just so like, nobody was on stage while you're doing this. No, wow, no, nobody's on stage. We're in the so audience. So you're like walking through the audience with the microphone and improving as you're walking around. Right. And it's so you're not an acting out scene. It's all verbal. Uh huh. Damn. Exactly. So that was that I've was never a heard really of anybody doing that. That was a really neat thing to do in front of two people that you just think the world of oh, they're God, legends yeah. and they're 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 there's they're as brilliant as anybody that's ever done what we do and you want to talk about people that were on the cusp of like the counterculture movement? of course that, of course you know, they got kicked i just actually i just oh f- um i was talking to somebody about when they got kicked off of uh cbs mm-hmm. it was oh fuck it was for a comic or something they were Oh, and I'm blanking on who this person was, but just because like the, the whole uh, their whole series and what they did and what happened to them and everything. Right. Like I'd read different uh, stories. Well, see, I was that. old enough that I used to uh, when their show was on. I watched their show. I was a young teenager, you know, and I watched God, their you're show. Old. And uh, I'm almost sixty, man. And uh, but uh, but but you know, I remember that, and so I could remember I could remember the controversy. I could remember. I mean, it was news. It was news that they were doing things that they weren't supposed to be doing. Right. And uh, um, that was almost considered subversive. Yeah. You know. Yes. At the time. And and anti-American and that sort of thing. You know, like the kind of stuff that Joe McCarthy would have jumped all over. Totally. If it had been in that day and time. Yeah. But. um, And it's amazing to think like what they got in trouble for then versus what they're doing now. Oh, of course. As far as political skewering and what you're allowed to say. I mean, you look back at it now, you're like, they sang a song about Nixon and uh, and. uh, Oh. Agnew, and that's sure. what got them in trouble. Well, they were the first. Well, they had already done a few things, and they'd already been warned. You know, they had already been told, "Hey, you know, if you do it again, I, I think it got to the point where it's like, if you do this again," and they were like, "Of course we're going to oh, do, do it again. again. Yeah. Of course we're going to do it again." And uh, but what they did do, you know, to have the the guts to do it, you know, to go out there on, you know. I mean, they're made guys. They oh, yeah. have a network television show in in the days of three three, te- networks, three yeah. networks. That was all that was on TV. You know, they're made. They're made. And who's gonna who's gonna throw that away? Who's gonna who's gonna flip the middle finger at at, at that op- 
opportunity. They did. They did. They did because they wanted. I mean, they showed our culture whether they whether much of our culture was ready to see it or even understand it yet. They showed our culture. Hey, man, the people that are running these networks, a lot of this, you guys hear about propaganda mm-hmm. in other countries. Well, we have it here, too. Yep. You know, and if you yeah. don't think we do, Here's just watch this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's, that's it. And right. unfortunately, nowadays, especially in networks, there are not a lot of people that uh, have uh, the balls to, to do that. Uh, this just in. You all right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're, we're almost done anyway because okay. I know – because I'm not sure if you can hear, but there's, show, there, there's this show music, and uh, Les is going to do his amazing <laughs> hosting skills. We're going to go up. I got to tell you what, the, my, as we were sitting here, and she'll hate me for that, but she did it, and I was on the radio. I'm going to tell My daughter, the 20-year-old that mm-hmm. was in here. The, the, the fluffer. The, yeah, the fluffer. Uh, the, she's walked in here twice with that smirk on her face, like, I can't believe you're not done yet because there's something very important. Uh, nine one one. I need tampons. Nobody has any. There, there you go. That's my life. That's my life. Flip. Well, I'm a big. I'm a big deal here. I see deal. that. I it, see you that. know, a lot of people think. You know, there's that point where you go. You know, you're at the point where the stereotypical thing is is that your wife makes you go get the tampons. The old joke that has been done a million times. Tom right. Tuesday. But my you know, closer. Yeah, you're closer. Exactly, exactly. And yeah. a lot of people don't know that you have a real original way to do that. I that, do. That, <laughs> that a lot of people, a lot of people don't have the balls to actually insert a tampon on stage it's as do, their Les, closer. But remember, I also asked the audience. It's to what fill you, in the blanks as I'm putting the tampon. It's what in. you do with the string that's it's, totally amazing. Thank you. I actually, you know how people can take a cherry stem and put it in their mouth? I, <laughs> yes, I could do that with a tampon string. <laughs> it, it takes a little practice. It, it takes a lot of practice. Uh, a little. I'll, I'll show you. Okay. Um, right. But, uh, dude, thanks so much for uh, sitting down with me. This was great. Yeah, I don't know if it means anything, but uh, th- th- this was fun. This was fun. It, it means w- a lot. It was no, very it fun. Definitely uh, means a lot. Does anybody, will anybody ever hear this? Yeah, people are going to hear this. People? My parents are going <laughs> to listen to this. <laughs> And they're going to go, that Les McCurdy is such a nice <laughs> man. A what, the, what a we're going to have to go up there to the Sarasota we one day. We should go up there. From well, you met my cousins last night yes, from New York. They, so were one, they were great fun. They're very, very We had a lot people. in common. I, s- I noticed <laughs> that. I w- <laughs> that, we can't, that we can't even. Well, I guess statute of limitations. <laughs> uh, that's true. I, but I no good talks about Memphis in the 60s mm, and 70s. Yeah. And she was um, in but New York. Anybody listening, especially those in the uh, – Excuse me, coastal regions of Florida. Go to McCurdyscomedy.com and uh, find out who's coming here to uh, McCurdy's Comedy Club at the brand new, and I've said it before and I'll say it officially, gorgeous location. Thank an you. amazing club you put together. Really very comic friendly and a uh, great sound system and everything. And, um, and yeah, come check Les out and uh, you know where you can check me out on uh, flipisfunny.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks, thanks man. And uh, thanks, thanks for doing this and thanks for coming in headline in the club and, and you're killing. You're oh, just thanks, smoking them. It's always know? it's again from the airport Hilton to the downtown McCurdy's. You get better every single time. I would hope so. Well, some don't. Some flatline flip. I so can't. far you haven't flatlined. I, I I keep trying to challenge myself. Honestly, well, like thank, I, my thank writing, God, because otherwise grow with you. Yeah, it, it it you know otherwise I just have to stay in the green room and <laughs> read a self help book. <laughs> I'd rather watch the show. <laughs> 
You're still well peaking, man. Still peaking. I appreciate it, man. All right. See you guys next week. Bye bye. Oh yeah, Steve's here. What's for dinner? What's for dinner? What what's for dinner? Talking talking about what's ever on their minds. Talking talking about what's ever on their minds. Talking talking about what's ever on their minds.